Well, good morning. How are you? How are you guys today? Good. You have a good week. Plus, plus, plus wind, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you guys for singing. That was, that was good. Oh, Quentin. <laughs> uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, uh, Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for a, a glorious day that we can come and worship you and learn from your word. Uh, Lord, as we open up to the book of Philippians, uh, just open up the eyes of our hearts. Uh, help us uh, learn from you and, and study your word. And uh, just have uh, have you speak to us uh, through your word, Lord, and uh, pierce us in our hearts and minds to to live to live it out, to uh, love you, and uh, we just thank you, uh, thank you for today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, so what do, what do we what do we fix upon? What what uh what fills us our some of the the questions that we we come to today, uh, and and these are these are hard questions, because it, it really comes to you know, what what do we treasure? You know what is what is the thing, the object, uh, the person that we treasure? Uh, Jesus says this about the subject of what we treasure in uh, Matthew Matthew six uh, verses nineteen through twenty one. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me there. But in Matthew 6, uh, verses 19 through 21, uh, Jesus says this. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures, yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in, in uh, break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now here in Matthew, Jesus says, don't lay up your treasures here on earth. Because they can, they can be stolen. And, and just like the Christmas presents that we're still enjoying or fixing, they, they fall apart, right? You know, they bang into the wall and you know, need super glue. Now instead, lay, <coughs> lay up your treasures in heaven. Where they will not, they cannot be stolen, they cannot be destroyed, or they don't come to an end because it's actually God's everlasting home. And here, here's the kicker of the statement there, is wherever you place your treasure today, it will actually bleed your heart. It will actually, you know, that's where your heart will be. So it, it truly matters where we lay up our treasure, because in fact it will lead us. So, how do we see where our treasure is? You know, how do we, how do we come to that? You know, we, uh, I've heard it said that we can, we can check it out with where does our time go? Where does our energy go? And, and where, where does the money? You know, follow the money, right? That's, that's what they say in the detective cases. Follow the money. You know, as we look through our week... We see our, our work schedule, our, our school schedule. We see our family time, our date nights, our days off, our, our time of prayer and devotion before the Lord. 
you know, as we check out our investments, uh, we see you know, how high you know, school work and, and, uh, and work itself, uh, paying bills and, and even being a good steward of our time with uh, family and friends, spending that time with people that God has blessed us with, you know, really, really is up there. But sometimes, you know, reading the Bible is a few minutes. You know, prayer might even rate more. Well, unless there's an icy road, right? You know, then it rates high. <laughs> but we want more, right? We, we hunger for that time with, with God, and yet it's hard to find. You know, we, we read his words, and, you know, like Peter says, hey, you know, Paul is hard to understand. You know, it's, it's hard to understand sometimes. Yet as we invest in this hunger, as we go after God, we find it easier to pray whenever and wherever, whether there's ice or not, right? We can, we can do that. As we go forward in reading our Bibles and praying to the <coughs> Lord, we see that he alone affects us, right? You know, he affects our interpersonal relationships, which we saw about two weeks ago. You know, he is the one that we can lean upon and learn from and have peace of God and be about seeking his will and way in our, in our daily lives, which we talked about last week. You know, we can see that. And so as Paul marches through on, on how we can apply the very theology, this we believe, he, he walks it to our lives. You know, this we do and say. How, how, how can we go forward? You know, Paul, here in the book of Philippians, is encouraging the church of Philippi to walk in faith today, in the here and now. You know, if you look down in Matthew to verse 24, you know, Jesus makes this statement in Matthew 6, 24. He says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one, and despair, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, this statement is true. Have you ever worked two jobs? Tried to please two bosses? Is it fun? No? Okay, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun. You know, you cannot serve two masters. Because you'll end up, oh, I really like this job. And I, uh, yeah, but that one's, yeah, it's, it's bills. It pays bills. <laughs> but... You know, we can't go on like that. We'll, we'll end up hating one, loving the other. So we choose whom we serve. We choose God or money. In this statement, we, we see, you know, we, we choose the world or we choose the world to come. And we'll, will we serve the everlasting or will we serve what is passing away? So it comes, it comes again to kind of what we've talked about the last few weeks, the world, the work. Word, word, world view. Uh, we've, we've heard it here and there throughout the statements, and I've I kind of been thinking about that the last two weeks. I'm like, I still haven't defined that. Like, I, I forgot to really define what, what a world view is. Well, a world view, according to the book Understanding the Times by David Noble, it is a pattern of ideas, beliefs, convictions, and habits that help us make sense of God the world, our relationships to God and the world. So a worldview tells us how we make sense of everyone and everything around us and, and what is going on. You know, how, how we view creation, life, a person, how we view God. It, it affects us. It is, you know, 
like glasses. It's the lens that we view life by. And so as, as the church comes to the issues of today, of, of walking, walking in today's world, how do we go forward? You know, we, of course, you know, at the building doors, don't, don't check out. You know, we don't check our minds out coming into church. We, we praise him with our oh, with our soul, strength, body, and mind. You know, we, we praise him with all of it. Now, so it, it starts with a question you know, right here. What, what do we want in life? What are we, what are we thinking about? What are we you know, learning about? You know, in today's world, you know, we can be about many things. There's, there's a podcast for anything you want to learn about, right? You know, just, just got on the podcast thing and I'm going to learn about scuba diving or snorkeling or something else that doesn't involve water, <laughs> you know, um, parachuting. Uh, and uh, oh, we can go through that. We can, we can learn different things. You know, we can, we can see and watch how others do it, how others play a certain game or do this. And then we can, we can step in to anything we really want to, you know. And we can make our mark, take the class, drive the car, or strive for justice, or to love others in the name of Jesus. We can strive to do these things. So we, we come to Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 8 and 9 are what we'll read today. Uh, this is where we see, you know, throughout this passage, this, this area that we've been in in Philippians, Paul has really been talking about the grace of love of God, the whole message of God throughout the, throughout the book. So now that we see it, let us be affected by it. As we go forward, let us practice it. You know, and as we see the word, as we see that word practice, uh, we... We come to the, the fact that it's not always going to be perfect, right? Practice practices something that, you know, we, we strive forward, we, we go forward. Uh, doctors like practicing on us, right? You know, here's this medication, let's see what it happens. Yeah. You know, it, it's about going forward. You know, it's about offering ourselves as a living sacrifice and being transformed for the good and glory of God. You know, it's, it's not an overnight flight. It's a journey. You know, it's a, it takes time. Now listen to what Paul says in uh, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. He says this, Finally, <coughs> brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And what, what we see that in, in Jesus, in Christ, we are redeemed. We are redeemed from sin, death, and hell. You know, in, in that we are placed, we are declared righteous. You know, that's, that's where we're starting. We're, we're justified by God in grace alone, in Christ alone. And now we're set on a new path of life. 
Now we're set on this new path full of blessings and spiritual truths and joy. The destination is clear, right? Being with God, going and, and dwelling with God and enjoying him forever with a resurrected body in the new heavens and the new earth and a new city. Now that's the destination. But yet the journey is full of dangers, toils, and snares. You know, believers who are in the beloved can be stuck here or there, can be dealing with anxieties and depressions, uh, can be dealing with death, can be dealing with sin and brokenness in life. So as we journey, where do we start and stay? Where, where do we go? Uh, please turn in your Bibles with me to, to Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, uh, we'll read verses 1 through 4. Now, Paul really, really is talking about an issue that is it's pretty much well and alive, even in today's culture. <laughs> but he says this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was rise, raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You know, right here, it's, it's a very you know, alive issue, I think, and even you know, the thinking of, well, hey, I can, I can just go party hardy and, and sin all the more. And you know, glory to God, right? He's got me. Grace has got me. Well, grace isn't a safety net. Grace is actually a new path of life. It sets us on a new path. We are to treat it as that, that we are dead to sin and alive to Christ because of God's grace. So as we start looking at these two verses in Philippians today, we come to something that has a promise in it, you know, that as we journey, as we go along in this new path, the God of peace will actually be with us. So as a culture, we love choices, right? You guys like choices? Yeah? You know, from cereal to peanut butter and jelly, there's an immense variety, right? You walk down Walmart and you're like, dude, it used to be Wheaties. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the first cereal was, but it was there one day by itself. And then the next day, it was, there was 45 different flavors of it. You know, from peanut butter and jelly. Have you ever looked at all of those? How many different varieties? You can get peanut butter and jelly together. Right, dude? Only one spoon. That's dish saver right there. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can get it get it done, you know? You know? In our world today, that's just in the store. You can go online and look at all the different things. You know? Who, who likes buffets? Chinese buffets. Oh. No. Oh, what? <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> you know, chi Chinese buffets are the best, right? It's okay if they're not. There's other buffets that are good, too. Oh. Uh, you know, there's, there's all the sesame chicken you need in the world, or all the steak, right? Country buffet, or, yeah? Or, so. Oh, there you go, okay, yeah. 
You know, and there's, there's all these different choices and flavors that you can explore. Yum, right? Well, for the picky eaters, the four, you know, four or six-year-old, I get the same chicken, I get the same dish every time. But you can go and explore. You can go and see, hey, there's this new flavor that they, they made back there. Let's check it out. You know, as we look at the world, it looks like a buffet, right? You know, we can, we can pick and choose this wisdom we can listen to this talk show. We can go to that podcast and, and pick and choose what we want to blend into our life from this self-help book or from, from what this person says or that person says. We can, we can do that. I just walk into Barnes & Noble so you can see the plethora of what people believe and how you can take in. But when it comes to Christianity, we see a set path before us. A path of formation, uh, discipleship, and, and discipline. It's about following Jesus today. How do we do that? It's about denying ourselves and picking up our cross and, and going with him and following him. We are the sheep and he is the shepherd. And he shows us the way. You know, which already turns our buffet your way culture. It turns them away. It, well, I want to choose. I want to be charged of my own plate. I want to have my own authority. No authority is going to tell me what to do, what to say, how to live. You know, but that, that comes from a falsehood already, right? Authority is bad, right off the bat. Any authority, right? But it's actually, the authority tells us where the lines are, you know, where, where to go. You know, authority shows us the path in this and it's actually like a mini buffet right here in in Christianity we see that we can take from here we can learn and hear and and, and concentrate on these things paul says this in the first part of philippians 4:8 he says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely what is whatever is commendable now, Paul here is encouraging the Philippian church, fix upon this. Now, just like two weeks ago, Paul told them to rejoice here, serve here, pray here, and let the peace of God guard you. Now, be here. Now, he's informing them of how to stand and, and stay in the Lord and how to go forward in living it out, how to be about that. So what do, we, what do we fix on? You know, as, as we come to biblical Christianity, it, it comes to, we come to see that it is a grand truth with grand theology. It has a grand effect upon our lives, the way we view our world and interact with it. So Paul starts with whatever is true. Well, we ask ourselves, what, what is true? You know, we can define it, <coughs> as something that is in accordance with fact or reality. You know, as we are followers of Christ, we're to be set in reality, set in, in what is true. You know, we shouldn't live in falsehood. We should live in reality. You know, the reality that humanity is sinful. You know, the world is broken. God is holy. He's just and good. And that there is only redemption found in Christ Jesus. Now that's reality. That's, that's hard. Because 
culture, the culture that surrounds us, doesn't want to hear this. The reality deals with who we truly are and who God truly is. You know, and that's, that's something that we need. But, but humanity has, has fallen, is fallen and doesn't want to deal with that. But in the Lord's words and ways, we can deal with who we truly are and who God truly is. You know, that's why it is, it is paramount to stay in what is true and to remind, because it reminds us of who we are at the feet of Jesus. And he is the one that is able. You know, Paul moves on to whatever is honorable, what is respected, what is lofty. It is something or someone that is respected because of, because of age, wisdom, or character. It is something or someone that is, that is honest or principled. You know, it is you know, a study or a practice or a way that is about being on the right path. You know, it's about, it, it is seen as the right way, not just by man, but by God. Excuse me. You know, Paul comes to whatever is just. You know, what is, what is right is the New American Standards translation there and what is what is fair what is god's proper standard you know this is what we hold to this is what we point others to this is how we treat one another you know and and this is this is the standard because god alone is holy god alone is the just one true judge that we we stand by you know this is exactly what we talked about in deuteronomy today you know, that is the, the fixed point. You know, so we seek to stay within what is just by him. You know, in his word and character. Paul, Paul next, uh, the next word he moves to is pure. You know, whatever is, is innocent or not carnal. You know, the dictionary defines pure as something that is not mixed or adulterated with any other substance or material. It is not diluted. That's the real deal, right? You know, premium gas with 10% ethanol, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's the real deal. It's not diluted. And then Paul says to fix on whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful and engaging, whatever holds our attention. And Paul then comes to whatever is commendable, that which is admirable, or praiseworthy um, it is something is it something that you are able and willing to, to tell of others hey this is a great restaurant it's a really good buffet it's up in Powell, Wyoming oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chinese buffet um, you know, or hey that's a great place to work or hey you know, this, is, this is Jesus this is my master and my lord you know, is it commendable you know, you know what, is, what is this list pointing us to? Better yet, who, whom is this list pointing us to? It's pointing us to the true one, to the one whom old honor is due. You know, the one who brings justice, the one who makes us pure and is the very lover of our souls. And he is the one worthy of old praise, the triune God, the Trinity. You know, the God who we can in Christ 
rejoice in. We can worship him. We can follow him here today. So where do we start? And where do we go? And we start and stay with scripture. And we read, we pray, we rejoice, and we experience God affecting our lives. Now please turn with me to, uh, to John chapter 5. I will read verse 39. And Jesus is talking here to, uh, to people who are trying to kill him because he's mainly said, I am the Father, I, I am the Father and one. You know, he's, he's talking to these people. He, he says this, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You know, Jesus, Jesus tells these people, that are seeking to kill him, you're, you're looking in the wrong place. You know, they're just looking in the scriptures. They're, they're placing all of these high bars. And, and he says later in Matthew, actually, that they have barred the gates to the kingdom of heaven. You know, they have placed all of these rules and restrictions. But in fact, the Bible is there to point to Jesus, to bear witness about the true one of whom we find eternal life in. You know, it's, it's not that we go off the map here in our experiences. For God will not go against his word, character, or what he has revealed about himself in the Bible. But as we go forward, we gauge our experiences, we gauge our journey on the word by testing the spirits. Because there are, there are false witnesses in the world, and that's, that's 1 John 4.1. So it is scripture then experiences. It is not our own experiences or expectations first and foremost, but the word of God. And, and going to Second Peter uh, chapter 1, if you want to turn with me there, uh, Peter points to a pretty uh, interstellar wonder that happened to him. And he talks about what this wonder says to him or confirms to him. But in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, uh, we, we read this. For we did not, and this is uh, verses 16 through 19. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, 16 through 19 says this. For we did not follow clearly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from the Father, from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice, this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. And the morning star rises in your heart. As, as Peter comes to this, he, he takes us back to the transfiguration, which, you know, he, they saw Christ in all of his glory. They heard the very voice of God in that instant. And as he sees all this majesty, Peter actually points 
not to the wonder, but he points to the fact that it confirms the word. And that's the lamp that is shining in the darkness that we need to stay with. We need to pay attention to. You know, it's, it's not this, this great wonder. It's not, as a lot of people seek around and look for, hearing God's voice. You know, oh, why can't I hear him? He's, he's right here. <laughs> you know, this is his word. This is what he said. He's, his word is the Bible. You know, and this is what we are to go forward in. You know, and these, these verses are right before ones that we've studied before in Second Peter uh, 1, 20 through 21. He, he says this, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So he's really talking about that, that, that this, this is the miracle we need to pay attention to, that the Holy Spirit wrote down the breathed-out words of God. It starts and stays with Scripture, for they are breathed out by him. It is God revealing himself, showing himself to man. This is how, this is how we know we're experiencing God. It shows us that we experience his redemption. It shows us how that works, how his grace comes upon man and how his hand works in our lives. That is why it matters greatly upon what we fix upon and what we fill up in or fill up with our hearts and minds. So as we walk with Christ, let us, let us fix upon what is true, what is honorable, just, pure, and lovely, and commendable in him, in his word. You know, and as we ask ourselves, what, what are we about? You know, in, the, in the buffet of life, what are we filling up on? Sesame chicken. <laughs> you know, so this was a good sermon for potluck day, right? You know, all this food, right? It's like... Like, say amen and be done. <laughs> uh, so, as Paul moves on, you know, we come to the, the second part of verse 8. Now, it says this, For if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think, think about these things. You know, Paul is, is telling the Philippian church, stay, fix on these things, fill up on these things, be about excellence which is a virtuous course of thought, feeling, and action. Now, excellence is something of, of quality, of, of merit. You know, as, as we work on this or that, as we work you know, throughout our lives or as we build something, we can you know, spend time, money, and energy on these things, and, and yet we can often ask, is that worth it? You know, is this project worth it? And uh, I mean, you're... you're you know, doing menial tasks, and it's like, what, what is this for? You know, and, and that's a good question. You know, you know, is this task excellent? You know, as we go forward in life, we can actually be propelled by God here to be about excellence. And it's in Second uh, Peter chapter one again, uh, up into verse verse three. Uh, he says this: His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life. And godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. God himself in Christ has given us this newness of life. He has, he has given us what we need to go forward in life and godliness. You know, the knowledge of God, 
And in it, we can go forward to, to where he has called us to, to be more and more like Christ, to be chiseled more and more into the likeness of the Son. Not a better self, but like Jesus. Now that's, is what of, that is what is of excellence. But then Paul moves on to what is praiseworthy. You know, praiseworthy is, is something that is esteemed or accepted. You know, you know we, can, we can ask the question right there, is it, is it worthy of honor? Is it worthy of praise? Then let us think about these things. Let us dwell here. Well, and that all brings up the question is, is what, how do we know if something is this? Where do we, where do we go? You know, there are a possible three answers here, right? You know, it's scripture, conscience, or culture. Which one, which one shows us? Well, as we've, as we've seen earlier, we can, we can rule out culture, right? The buffet at your way, we can just go and have at it, you know, take whatever you want. It rules, it rules culture off the table. It's no longer a possible answer. So it leaves us with, with conscience and, and the scripture. Now, and how does, how does that work in a world where you, know, you don't even have to walk into a local movie store to rent a movie? You know, no clerks there, you know, watching you pick out whatever you want. And, you know, no friends are there hanging out. And you're not really talking to family about it. You can just sit in your couch, sit in your chair, even stay in your room and rent the newest movie, view whatever you want. You can watch whatever lifestyle you want. You can, you know, enjoy any kind of message you want. Right there. So when it comes to our personal lives, we come to conscience, which uh, God, uh, gotquestions.org um, defines as this. It is a part of the human psyche that induces mental anguish and feeling of guilt when we violate it and feelings of pleasure and well-being when our actions, thoughts, and words are in conformity with our value system. You know, the problem off the bat right there is that we know, we know we're fallen creatures. That we know that, yes, by the Bible, we can have a good or clear conscience, but we can also have a seared conscience, right? And that's uh, 2 Timothy 2, or 4 2. That we can, as we go down a path that is okay for us, it can, you know, it, it doesn't shock you anymore. It doesn't make you recoil. You know, we accept it as normal. We can sear our conscience. So even, even at some points, we can't really believe ourselves in our fallenness. You know, we can't fully trust our conscience. But with the word of God and the spirit guiding us, we are able to walk in this world. Uh, please turn with me to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And 1 Thessalonians verse 19 1 Thessalonians 5.19, you know, it, it says this, do not quench the spirit. You know, it's a simple command. Uh, the, the New Living Translation says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. 
You know, the Amplified Bible uh, goes on. It says, do not subdue, do not be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, so as believers, we see that, you know, yes, we have the Spirit, we have our conscience. Or, sorry, we have the Word, we have our conscience, and we also have the Holy Spirit. You know, we can either walk with Him, we can, we can be in the spirit or we can we can quench him this command you know can be walked against it is our choice to follow our calling right here in christ or to walk in our own ways and what we what we fix upon and fill up on in the world you know matters today because you know cinema and entertainment come to mind right here in these verses the first time i heard these verses preached was was because of of movies you know it's it's a big thing because we as a culture are mainly informed upon issues, uh, know about issues, and, and live in a visual stimulated world. Now we, we have social media, we have movie theaters, YouTube and, and streaming services, uh, services are a huge area of influence in today's world. Because this is how, you know, ideas and, and issues are presented. You know, even our own identities are actually seen here. And the whole culture itself. So as, as a church, as a community set, upon, set apart for God, how, how do we fix? You know, what do we fix on? How do we think? You know, as we watch it, you know, what, is it what is it showing us? What is the core message of the film? You know, yeah, it can be a great blockbuster movie, but it can still preach the wrong message. You know, it doesn't have to have stuff in it. You know, it, it, it can be clean, but it can still preach the wrong message. So it matters what we take in. Now, please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. I was in Peter a lot this week, apparently. <laughs> And they're good books. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9, says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, in, in this life, we are, we are chosen by our king. You know, we are set apart for him, and we are his own possession. So do this, proclaim his excellence, to shine for him and to be about him. So as we walk in this life, what do we, what do we fix upon yeah, a question, the questions from the last few weeks kind of come up, you know, uh, do we delight in God? Are we prayerful and thankful for life and in life? You know, do we enjoy art and story and, and praise him for it? You know, and are we about him in the here and now? Because this, these verses aren't just about entertainment. They ha didn't have multiplexes or cineplexes in the first century. It's about what we, what we take in. You know, it's about what we fix upon and how we fill up to get down the road. So as we are going forward in life, not just to study, learn, and, and listen to the newest podcast or, or sit in that movie chair. 
but to inform culture, to tell it what is true, to tell it what is honorable and just and pure, to, to show it what is lovely and what is commendable, to, to show it what is of excellence and what is of praiseworthiness. So as we paint a picture, as we make a movie, as we you know, write a book, as we you know, run a business, we can affect and inform culture for Jesus. We can show people who he is and point to him. This is what you should fix upon. This is what you should have your fill of. God, our creator, our redeemer. And so as, as Paul tells the Philippian church, this is what we need to fix upon. This is what we need to you know, think about. This is, this is what he tells them in verse 9. He says this, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. you know, this is what Paul has put before the church. This is what they should go forward in. Following Christ is a choice, but it is also a lifestyle. It is a formation upon our soul, our strength, our mind, and our hearts. Now please turn with me to, to Matthew 23. In Matthew 23. <coughs> no, it's Matthew 22. Yeah. I wrote it down wrong somewhere. <laughs> uh, Matthew 22, uh, verse 37. Jesus says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all, and with all your mind. You know, this is what we're to be about. You know, no matter our, our path, our work, our circle of friends, no matter who we're married to or what our hobbies are, we are to love our creator, our maker with our all. And we can do this in Christ. We can do this because... In Jesus, we can live a life for God. And uh, please turn with me to Matthew 16. A few chapters over. Uh, Matthew 16, 24. You know, Jesus says this. this is, you know, these are the, the first steps of a, a person in Christ. It's a, Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You know, in, in Christ, we have a new life. And it, this new life is about going after our king. So we see that it is about dying to ourselves. It's not about our own way, but his. You know, we are to pick up our cross and following him. In doing this, we, in, in loving the beloved, we, we give our lives. We lose ourselves, but we find ourselves in Christ. We are able to know the way because of the scripture. So knowing the scriptures are a priority in our new lives. You know, as it is a life lived, we live it before God. You know, we, we see that truth in the Bible. You know, we see that, that God indeed can see all and everything uh, in different parts of the Bible. And if you want the, the references, I'd be glad to give them to you. It's... You know, he sees all of our ways. He sees all of our evils, 
All of our deeds are before him and we are naked before God. We cannot hide. Uh, Hebrews 4.13 is the one that I'll read. Uh, it says this, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now in today's world, we can hide. You know, we don't, you know, I used to be a movie store clerk, so you know, I'd see what people would rent and you know, sometimes it was like, woo, that's a, that's a spicy movie. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, you know, back in the day, they had those different sections with drawn curtains. Yeah, not the things people would ask for it. Like, uh, um, but you know, now it's no one sees any of that. You know, it's how's it going? Uh, fine, and you just walk down the street. You know, just living your own life, being about your own self. But in the Lord, nothing is hidden. God sees all. God will actually not be mocked. It, it says in Galatians six seven, we will reap what we sow. So that's why it matters what we fix upon, what, what we fill up on. You know, anybody own a car? Yeah? Who likes taking care of them? No? Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay someone else to do that. <laughs> you know, we, we give it a shine, check the tires, make sure they're all, you know, able to roll down the road, right? At least, you know, you... You check on it. You take care of it. You put gas in it. You put time into, you know, going and getting, you know, things checked out. Make sure the, the seat belts work. But, but say you, you did all of that and you forgot to change your oil. What would happen? Who, who's blown a head gasket before? I'll admit it. I have. <laughs> Boom, right? It's not fun being on the side of the road calling mom, dad. I done did, blew up the car, you know, it's, it's gone. <laughs> it's not good. You know, we don't do that, right? You know, we, we want to take care of it. We want to take care of the engine, of the oil, because that's what needs to be addressed. If we address it earlier, we're not on the side of the road calling mom and dad, right? Oh, but if we address those things, if we take care of the engine... So that's, that's why it matters how we walk and, and how we journey through this life because we are all theologians. Did you know that? Right? No? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> no. Not the one that writes the huge books or has the huge books, right? Anybody got some of those? The big, thick guys? No? If you want some, you can have one. <laughs> But we all have thoughts on God. The theology is, is defined the study of God. That's all it is. And we all have thoughts upon his character, his promise, his breathed out word, his grace and judgment. We have thoughts of it, on it. As a culture, as a whole, they have thoughts on it as well. If we took to the streets and asked just one simple question out of that whole subject, what do you think about God? How many answers do you think you would get? You get a multiple, go to Boulder and ask that question, you get a lot of different questions, uh, different answers. But how we see his promises you know, and how we view him matters. You know, so Paul states here, be here, start with what he has taught, what they have learned, 
you know, start and stay with, with what they have, what they have received, the scriptures, the spirit. They have community. You know, he tells them to fix upon what they have heard and seen, what Paul has put before them and, and what they have personally seen him do. He's placed that before them. And we see here, you know, Paul is calling the Philippian church to not something impossible, but something ordinary, something that we can put into our daily lives. That's where Paul takes them to practice, to application, to exercise, that the Philippian church would make use of what they have in Christ. You know, in an age of, you know, hey, there's all this information, there's all these things that we can be informed upon and being in the now and, and being informed, we are told here to work out our walk, to practice it, to step forward, to know and understand and to apply it, to be, to be that one that uses what they have been given, you know, to apply it, you know, to, to use what has been given to walk in what we discern and see because formation is not just about accumulation. It's also about transformation, about application through our very lives to the glory of God. So as we walk in this newness of life, as we put things before our conscience with the spirit within us, we can walk in the light of what God has done and, and who he is. Now, as children, we... Children of our Father in Heaven, we have one more thing that um, that all, all parents know that should be used lovingly, right? That's that good old word, discipline, right? I said it at the beginning of the sermon. I'll say it again: discipline. <laughs> it's it's something that, as a parent, we understand. You know, it's about formation. It's about showing, hey, this isn't right. Don't go here. You know, in <coughs> Hebrews chapter chapter twelve. Uh, verses 5 through 7 is what we'll read if you want to turn with me there. And Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 7, it says this, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. For it is discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Yeah, as children of God, we, we can be and, and will be reproved by the Lord. This is, this is another standard that you know, we can and should be thankful for because it, it proves this thing we are children of God now we can be thankful for that it, it ends the statement ends with a great question what what child does not have a father that disciplines them you know there are there are fences for a reason you know there are those lines on the side of the road or in the middle of the road that tells us hey stay on that side there's cars on the other side you know we we know those that there's danger over there there's there's danger you know, those, those lines are there for a reason. You know, we, see, we see dangers throughout the Bible. We can read the Bible, and it shows us that there's dangers on those other paths. So 
we, we pass by them. We don't go that way. You know, there's a huge promise at the end of Philippians 4.9. It tells us this. The God of peace will be with you. The one we are called to rejoice in. The one that we can call out to in our need. The one who wants the best for us, which is holiness, will be there with us. That is the promise we can, we can hold to in this journey throughout a broken world. So as we live in light of the truth that our Father sees our deeds, we also see that our Father is the one we fix on, the one that we walk with and the one that will be with us. So as we, as we think upon these verses, as we read them, what, what does it say? Well, it says, fix upon these things. It'll be about this for we can walk either towards God or against God. We can walk with him or without him. You know, thinking even on Deuteronomy, it's like, follow these that you may live. Well, what's the other choice? Death. You now there's life or there's death. You know, we can either enjoy him and his peace or we can, in our very lives, walk in our own ways and sees what, see what happens. And the Bible says this is what's going to happen. Bringing, this all brings us to, well, what does, this, what does this mean? It means that in Christ we have a person that we can fix upon, the triune God. We have a book that we can fill up on. We can, we can read the Bible and we can go in this way. We can journey in the path of the Lord because the Lord himself is with us. You know, it is the greatest thing about Christianity. You know, what's the prize? The prize is God himself, right? It's, it's God. It's knowing God personally and, and being able to actually stand before your maker and dwell with him forever in Christ. Now that is the prize. That's the reward at the end so how does, how does this all work? How, how do we uh, apply this to today? Well, it starts, starts with the simple questions that, that we've, we've asked. You know, what, what are we filling up on? You know, what are we taking in? You know, whether it's, you know, movies, music, food, drink, you know, we can ask that. It's the first Corinthians 10, 31 question. Now, does it honor God? You know, can we do this in the honor of God? You know, is it true? Is it pointing us to what is true? You know, is it honorable? You know, does it have anything in it that shows us or, or talks to us about what is justice or what is just? Is it pure? You know, that's, that's a hard one today because just like the buffet culture that we live in, we love mixing things up uh, unless we're four or six. You know, no, it doesn't touch. <laughs> we'll get there. I, I was there once, but I like mixing things. So, you know, is it, is it lovely? You know, is it showing us the beauty of creation? Is it showing us the beauty of, of salvation in Christ? You know, is, it, is it talking about the beauty of his grace? You know, and as we work out these questions, we understand that it is not just a, an end to means. It's not just, um, you know, I'll just throw all these things away. But it's actually about walking humbly with God. You know, being informed by the Spirit, by the Scriptures, and working out those things with Him and, and with each other. You know, just talking about that this morning, we're a fellowship for a reason, 
to spur on one another to love and good deeds, you know, and that we are the workmanship of Christ to, to walk to walk in his righteousness. Uh, uh, let's, let's close with a word of prayer. Father God, we, we thank you for today. I thank you for a day where we can come and we can sing to you. We can, we can see, hey, there's this, this almost miniature buffet within Christianity that we can enjoy and we can fill up on in, in you, God, in the fact that we can dwell with you, that you are our reward, that we can forever be with you, that we can delight in you and be, be thankful for life, be thankful in life, that we can be encouraged in these things and that the God of peace will be with us and that your peace that surpasses all understanding will, will overcome any troubles and tribulations that we deal with. For you have overcome the world, God, and we just thank you for today. We thank you for, for Jesus coming here and, and dying upon the cross for our, our very sin. And we just uh, praise you, God, for, for your glorious grace seen in your son and in the fact of, of him coming and dying for us and raising to, to new life. And that in Christ alone and in believing upon him and trusting in him, we can rest in that fact and we can go forward in newness of life. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. And just uh, pierce our hearts with it as we walk through this next week. Help us, help us take this. Help us you know, go forward in this. That you are the shepherd and we're the sheep. Help, help us listen to your voice. Because it is true. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.